Thanksgiving and welcome to Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. We have a bi-weekly show. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) We have a bi-weekly show that's released every other Friday, and this is episode 134. It's a short little Thanksgiving horror-themed episode. On Horror Movie Podcast, what you'll get is in-depth horror movie reviews, especially for new releases, with ratings and recommendations to help you decide whether you should buy, rent, or avoid these movies. And I am your host, Jay of the Dead, podcasting from Salt Lake City, and my co-hosts tonight are... Dave, Dr. Schockbecker from just outside Philadelphia, PA. And Wolfman, Josh, and Jay. It's not cranberry sauce. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, so I was ready to say... <laughs> I'm Todd. I'm Todd. I'm Todd. I'm Todd. That was my other uh, consideration. So <laughs> I was. I mean, I had a couple other options. I you know, let me just you know, this is rare that we only are reviewing one film. So let me go back through and tell you what the other options I wrote down are. I've got um. Tell it. Come on, Jay. You've got a few good years left in that puss of yours. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay, what's that in your hand? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, those are all good. You yeah. nailed it. I'm just so happy. I never know what you're going to say. I never have a clue. And I'm like, you know what? He's either going to say it's not cranberry sauce or he's going to say, I'm Todd. I'm Todd. <laughs> so, yeah, those are my top two choices. So you're you're very right. And as always, the uh, Joshua pulls these from something that we'll be discussing. And so that's going to come along with Blood Rage, which we'll be discussing here shortly. But before that, I want to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. That's Thanksgiving this week. And so we're going to release this right around that time. I'm hoping to get it out Wednesday on Thanksgiving Eve. And of course, that's Thanksgiving in the United States. So if you're an international listener, like Josh said, gobble, gobble, right? So what are your plans? I don't know what you're talking about, but sure. <laughs> Dave, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? Like, you have anything um, exciting? Yeah, we're, we're going to go over to my um, my sister-in-law's house. Uh, they're having a lot of people over. So um, my one son works till three o'clock. Mm-hmm. So once that's done, my wife's going to be over there already helping to cook and everything. And then we'll just head over a little bit later. So can I come that's over? We'll be. You mind sure. if I show up? I'd love it. Not at all. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people there. You'll probably just blend in. And they won't even realize they don't know you. <laughs> I know. That's one of my favorite things to do is invite myself to people's house on Thanksgiving just just to be funny. Because <laughs> they always, I have never once had anybody, and I, I usually do it a little more seriously, and, and never once has anyone said, yeah, actually, no, I don't think, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it just seems like a, a great way to play upon people's yeah. social yeah, it's a great way to get a free meal <laughs> yeah exactly you know it's in the spirit of the holiday it that's really right. is that's what i think too what about you wolfman what are you doing others coming into your home and taking your food yes <laughs> oh well done touche i like that um what about you wolfman what do you got going on for thanksgiving I was, I thought, headed to Portland to see Rachel's grandfather for Thanksgiving, but it turns out uh, his new wife, you know, his, he's a widower, and 
widower than what? Uh, he's a he's a widower, and um, his new wife has invited her family, so there's not room for us in the inn. So I get to go to my grandma's house, which is frankly what I wanted to do anyway. So it turned out okay. Oh, nice. That's very pleasant. Um, so do you want to hear my uh, worst Thanksgiving ever? This is kind of funny. Uh, one time I was uh, living in Provo, Utah, and my family's in West Virginia, of course, and I was not yet married. So I, you know, I had no one as significant in my life in terms of family out here in Utah at that time. And I, I just, I couldn't make it home for Thanksgiving because plane tickets are expensive. And I was recording some music at the time. And so I just had a, a frozen pizza, a frozen pizza on Thanksgiving. And it was a pretty uh, lonely affair that year, but there was something special about it just because it was um, memorable, you know, quite different from any others I've ever had. At least go to Denny's and get there. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So if, I, I hope, you know, heaven forbid, I hope that everybody who's listening to this is um has fun Thanksgiving plans that they're looking forward to. But if not, it would it would honor us if you would consider this as our our Thanksgiving gathering with you. I hope you can share this with us and enjoy it together. I'm, I mean, hopefully you have better plans than us, but if we are a default fallback, we'll take that too. Won't We're we going to make it worth your while. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, and if you're Native American, we apologize. Yes. Right. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's true. We're going to make it worth your while with a movie that has about two minutes of Thanksgiving in it. <laughs> well, it's interesting you mention that because uh, Joshua has been, he's been spending a lot of time thinking about this leading up to this. Josh is probably the king of the themed episode. I mean, what, can't we say that, Dave? I mean, Josh has oh, absolutely. so absolutely, much yes. heart. No doubt. And dedication. I mean, he puts a lot of thought into pulling together the themes. I mean, my favorite's the Frankensteinian format. He loves the theme format, and he does a, a fantastic job. So he wanted to do a Thanksgiving horror episode. And Josh, yep. tell us about your findings because we had some interesting text discussions about this. I mean, there's no good Thanksgiving movies, basically. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer, Eli Roth's trailer is about as good as it gets, I think. That's about as good as it gets. And it makes sense why he had to do that because I saw I see his inspiration. There are no good Thanksgiving horror films. There, you know, there are a few like um I considered, okay, well, maybe we focus on films about pilgrims and we do like The Witch or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe we focus on films about Native Americans and we do something like scalps. But they're just, you know, obviously The Witch is great. But a film like Scalps, it's not good. And, I, you know, my rating, like when we do our Christmas horror movies, I like to find movies that are actually Christmassy. that don't just take place on Christmas. They have kind of a Christmassy vibe. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping that I could find something like that for horror. But it really, you know, the selections are few and far between. And those that there are are just not great. You know, early on on Horror Movie Podcast... I reviewed, I think I did a double feature of Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead, <laughs> and um, Thanks Killing yes. back to back. And that right. oh, boy. that was probably as good as it gets for Thanksgiving movies. And it, that, those are terrible, um, in my opinion. There's a film called Intensity from 1997 that is based on a Dean Koontz uh, novel. And that one I, I tried to find, but I could not find a good copy of it. There's Christie, which is a slasher film that takes place over 
Thanksgiving vacation at an abandoned college, mm-hmm. but there's nothing too Thanksgiving me about that. And we'd already covered that several times on the show. Mm-hmm. I found a film alien abduction incident in Lake County, but just based on the images that I saw from that, it wasn't one I was going to track down. And then I saw online, you know, as I was looking for these things, there are a lot of recommendations for just watch motel hell for Thanksgiving or just watch the Texas chainsaw massacre. That's a family around the dinner table. kind of film. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Um, Jay, you were going to talk about feed was one that you guys had covered previously <laughs> on the weekly horror movie podcast. I know, but What's I just, I, I just, I, I couldn't bring myself. That film is so aggressively unpleasant. I mean, it's, it, it's one of those terrible phenomenons. I mean, there, there, it's a film from 2005 and I seriously do not recommend this to people. It, and it's really more of a, like a horror thriller than anything, but it's about this guy who basically force feeds women to death. And, and, and that sounds, on one hand, that sounds very sick, right? It, but, but in terms of horror, it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of an intriguing horror premise. But the, but the premise sounds uh, better than what it delivers on. It's really just kind of a gross film. Uh, do you remember talking about that one, Dave, when the weekly horror I, I, movie? I was not part of that discussion. You know how we used to go back and forth. You, One person would select for another. and mm-hmm. what I was not part of that show. I don't think I was on that episode. I do remember listening to it, and I do remember you sort of uh, <laughs> sort of warning people yeah. uh, about this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I remember that. I mean, if, if, if you really want to have, like, uh, you know, lose your lunch on Thanksgiving Day, you could rent a feed on Amazon for, like, three bucks. But, you know, it, it's, it's just kind of gross. I mean, and that's a real thing, actually, this whole feeder thing. It, it is this phenomenon that you could research and be troubled by. But, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's one, Josh. Well, we thought about possibly going down the consumption road like we had before with our Black Friday episode. And I thought maybe we could talk about the stuff or mm-hmm. um, – you know, some of those types of films as well. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, the number one film I see on lists when I look up Thanksgiving horror films is Blood Freak. But after my bad experience with Thanksgiving and Poultrygeist, this is just about a giant genetically modified turkey, human turkey, mutant. Yeah. And just, just based on the poster, I'm just like, I can't do this again. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Right. It's not it's not what I'm into this podcasting and horror movies fandom for. So it, it's true. Uh, yeah, and you know. and there was a film that like, you know, if we're talking about like eating disorders or unnatural eating, I mean there's a great eating film called Eat that I love that we've yeah. talked about before. And it's it's one of my favorites. It's very disturbing. So there are some films You're like that. Really gonna feel like eating Thanksgiving dinner after watching that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah. And and that's the thing that occurs to me. So I have two theories on this I want to run by you guys. So do you think, I mean, on one hand, it's kind of in terms of like if you were trying to capitalize thematically on going, making a horror film that is the antithesis of the holiday, then, you know, Thanksgiving is a time for gratitude and so forth. And Christmas is a time for, you know, uh, you know, people who are Christians and giving and sharing and so forth. And so those are kind of similar. They're closely related. And so part of me wondered about that. But I think my more prevalent theory would be maybe maybe horror filmmakers are afraid that it would limit their film 
where if they released like a Thanksgiving horror film that only people would watch it at Thanksgiving. Now, see, I personally believe that if you did something like that, it would become a huge major deal, like especially if you made a great one, because it's the one that everybody would talk about every single year. Every year. Yeah, you'd sell digital downloads every Mm -hmm. November for sure. I totally think so. The three that I kind of narrowed it down to that I thought were worth discussing Mm -hmm. were Home Sweet Home, which is a slasher from 1981. As I started watching that, though, again, just the visual aesthetic, it was not screaming Thanksgiving to me as it takes place over Thanksgiving holiday, but I just was not feeling it. Um, the other one, Home Movie, which is a favorite of Jay's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys reviewed that on the weekly horror movie podcast. and was also on your top five list for found footage movies when we did that episode. Mm-hmm. So I watched that one in preparation for this week, but ultimately it's probably a better Killer Kids episode or, yeah. or something else. It's not exactly Thanksgiving. There is a Thanksgiving segment, but that's not really the point. It's brief. Yes. Yeah. And The Mutilator, which is one that Greg Amortis recommended during our 80s slasher pick. That takes place over fall break. It right. doesn't it doesn't <laughs> specifically say that it's Thanksgiving, but mm-hmm. I figured, you know, to me the the obvious one here is Blood Rage. And if we're going to do it'd be weird to just do two Greg Amortis recommends from the 80s slasher <laughs> week. I thought <laughs> we're just gonna re-review the movies that he brought to us. So I figured, well. I think um, Mutilator is not specifically Thanksgiving anyway. Let's just stick with Blood Rage. It's the most clear Thanksgiving horror film that we have. And uh, wow. we can go with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back in that was episode 104 in the 80 slasher uh, films, which are some of my favorite episodes now looking back, by the way, mm-hmm. if people haven't gotten to hear those. But yeah, he he feature reviewed Blood Rage at about an hour and twenty minutes in, and um, it was a great review. And he he asks he provides a lot of good information about purchasing the the Blu-ray from Arrow Video, which I'd recommend people check out. But anyways, we we can I talk did about that, that based on his review. That's how I came upon this movie. Is um, thanks to Greg Amortis, I went out and bought that Arrow Blu-ray. It's it's gorgeous Blu-ray. It's got some awesome features that we can talk about. He probably talked about them all when he reviewed it, but we can talk about them again for those who don't remember it. I don't exactly remember what he said. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. But we can get into that, you know, maybe at the end of, of our review. You know, I did want to just again shout out the Eli Roth Thanksgiving fake trailer from the Grindhouse films. I finally bought Grindhouse as as the double featured disc. You know, for years I had owned the two films separately. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they had not released them together as an experience. So I finally got that Blu-ray that has the Grindhouse experience with the trailers in it and everything. And I love that. It's, it's a prized possession of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I think all of those trailers are so great. But the Thanksgiving one was definitely a standout. And I think probably for this reason, there is no great Thanksgiving horror film. People just wanted to see that 80s slasher, grimy version of of a, of a Thanksgiving movie. And yeah. we talked about this last time we talked about Thanksgiving on the show. But there has been an update as recently as June 2016 on Eli Roth's uh, Thanksgiving film. Do you, should we? Do you want to hear that? Yeah. Um, Tell it. Update. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is written by John Squires over at Bloody Disgusting, who I, I really like what John has to say most of the time. Mm-hmm. He says, For horror fans, Thanksgiving's a day not just to eat, drink, and way too much, but also to revisit the very best Thanksgiving horror film ever made. No, I'm not talking about Home Sweet Home. 
Thanksgiving, or even Blood Rage. I'm talking about Eli Ross Thanksgiving, which of course isn't really a full horror film at all, at least not yet. And he goes on to talk about how horror fans have long wanted a Thanksgiving horror movie. Roth took part in a Reddit AMA session on June 2nd, 2016. And as he probably expected, he was asked about Thanksgiving. At that time, Roth indicated that the film was still in the works. Said Roth, I have a draft, but I'm not totally happy with it. I want to put some more work into it so the film lives up to the trailer. We have the story and the mythology cracked, so now it's about getting the kills right. Mm, so promising. over the years, yeah, we've had a lot of different rumors, I guess, about this, but straight from the horse's mouth, a little over a year ago, he said he had the script done, you know, the first draft and was still working on it. So that's great that's, news. I think. That's going on 10 years now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Since we've had that trailer. Because that was like yeah, 2007. 2007. Yeah. 2007, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's great about it, though? Honestly, it, just think about the possibilities. I mean, you've got giant carving knives. You know, with, and you've got a, a mass of people, like families gathered together. And, yeah. and, and in fact, I'm not making light of this, I promise you. But I remember in 2009 when I worked at the newspaper, I, there was um, there was like this family gathering at Christmas. And I believe if I'm remembering this correctly, like, you know, one of the relatives showed up dressed like Santa Claus and like slaughtered most of the family. And it was it was heartbreaking oh and, and very sad. But but that's the thing about the premise for this. I mean, this is ripe for horror because, like, you know that that film that I love that's not really horror, but um, it's a, a great Thanksgiving film called Cretia. Um, that that's about a family member coming and kind of destroying the events, you know, socially speaking. And and really, there are lots of there's lots of drama at these family gatherings for people. I mean. Heaven forbid, I hope nobody experiences this, but there are lots of weird things that go on in families, and it is the perfect setting. You've got a house filled with people, you know, that could be victims, and I'm I'm just saying, for a horror film, not for real life, and then you've got, like, these implements and so forth. I mean, I just think it could, the possibilities are huge for a horror flick. No doubt. Yeah. And for people who are wondering, you know, I just did want to say really quick, we did consider... Um, cannibal films as well. We are, we are, and ravenous, and some things like that that are related to the holiday, but um, mm-hmm. didn't quite make the cut. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there are lots of future Thanksgivings on horror movie podcasts that we could, you know, <laughs> try out these yeah. things in the future. And and by the way, if people have ideas, you know, or requests, maybe for next year, let us know in the show notes here, and yeah, maybe that's what we'll do next time. And I, I do want to see this Eli Roth grindhouse version of the 80s slasher Thanksgiving movie we never got. But I'd actually like to see a more modern take on the Thanksgiving horror film as well. I think it's something that could be really cool. I want almost something like Dan in real life, but that turns into a horror movie. You know, oh, that has yes. the warmth and the family yes. and the food and then trouble. That's what I, that's what I would like to see in a Thanksgiving mm-hmm. horror film. Well, ser- ser- and I know I talk about this film every five seconds, but seriously, Josh, have you seen Cresha yet? No, and that's from the filmmaker who brought us They Come at Night, right? Yeah. Or it Comes at Night. It Comes at Night. That's correct. And um, mm-hmm. and, and and I've classified it before as what I would call social horror, but that's not really a horror classification for me. It's just the, the social discomfort and awfulness 
goes to a point where it almost crosses into horror, but not quite. So I'm just saying, if you want a terrible Thanksgiving, you know, tragic family gathering, Cretia from 2015 is great. Maybe we should have talked about that today. I know, I know. There's I always next year. <laughs> that, that's true, and and I I could see the horror fans saying, "What the? This isn't horror, you know." But but I'm telling you, the way it opens, even like when the film begins. You'd think, oh, okay, this is going to be a horror movie, <laughs> and and if you even if you look at the cover art, the poster art looks like it's horror, but um, I wouldn't consider it as such. But man, Trey Edward Schultz, I, I believe I've said this many times. He he wrote, directed, and he even plays in the film. It, it's based, I'm certain, on on something from his life, and I think he, he's exorcising <laughs> exercising some demons here in this film. But anyways. That's well, two last shout outs before we move on. I, I do want to say, I think Adam's family values is a strong Thanksgiving watch. If you're sitting around with friends and family and you need a PG 13 option because uh, blood rage is not that PG 13 option by any stretch <laughs> no. of the imagination. No. Yes. Um, I think Adam's family values is a fun one to watch with, you know, you could watch it with older kids and, and with your grandma or whatever, if you had to. And, um, and then I also wanted to say, definitely, if you haven't heard it yet, check out our Black Friday episode. Uh, it was The Horrors of Consumerism. Mm-hmm. It was one of my all-time favorite shows that we've done around this time of year. Yes. And you can find that at the sidebar at horrormoviepodcast.com. I highly recommend you do. Mm-hmm. Kyle Bishop shines in that episode, as usual. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny you mentioned Adam's family uh, values, uh, Josh. We have this uh, little thing on a a news uh, radio station here, uh, KYW it is, and it, and they have something called Rewind. Well, they, they'll take today and they'll look at something that happened in the past. It was 24 years ago today that Adam's Family Values hit theaters. Oh, wow, that's great. Today? <laughs> that's well, amazing. Well, it makes sense. It's a Thanksgiving movie, so it's just a few right. years days before the holiday. And- mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Okay, well, anything else on that topic before we move into our feature review? Anything else, guys? No, I mean, if you have a great Thanksgiving horror film that we didn't mention, definitely let us know because I'd like to see one. I, yeah, I tried I, hard to watch one this week. <laughs> we were looking. I mean, we we were uh, there were texts going back and forth for about a day there. Of, <laughs> yes. Well, let's do this and let's do that. It's like, no, let's save that for uh, mm. for the for the you know the killer kids episode. Let's save that for the Native American episode. Let's save that yeah. for you know. <laughs> That's right. I know. Yeah, these. These, these themed episodes are, are very carefully planned, we have to say, uh, for sure. They really are. Yeah, so. Absolutely. I, and, and we're Sometimes even, we just end up with one movie. It, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah right. like tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing is, one one more thing. We would also be open if there are, if there's some kind of like glut of uh, short films, short horror films that are Thanksgiving themed, <laughs> which, oh, yeah. I, which I don't know of any. But if you do, let us know those too, because uh, we'd love it. Absolutely. I mean, I'd love to see a great Pilgrim Thanksgiving horror movie. I mean, I know that there are a lot of witch movies, but one maybe that's not a witch movie. That could be interesting, I think. Like something like uh, The Lost World or The New World, mm-hmm. but it's a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Right. That's maybe, what I maybe, wanted a Thanksgiving horror movie. Maybe a different maybe. thing. Maybe some maybe some of the filmmakers listening should should get on this. Yes, yeah, seriously. The world, you know, or and in real life, but make them horrible. Yeah. Or, or what about this? The, they arrive, okay, at um, Plymouth Rock. I almost said Fraggle Rock because I'm really good at history. Um, they, <laughs> they they arrive at Plymouth Rock, and uh, there is some creature in the woods, and then it could actually be a Bigfoot movie or something along this line, <laughs> or the Jersey <laughs> Devil. 
I don't yeah, know. perhaps the first Thanksgiving was a way of appeasing this uh, creature. Ooh, now you're talking. That is exciting. Yeah. But I think, honestly, you could really do something that's historically based from the Native American perspective. Seriously. And it probably could right. verge on horror pretty easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sad but true. I mean, the New World has some pretty dark stuff in it as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you can stay awake long enough. Um, that film, yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was disappointed in that film, although it does look beautiful, right? It's beautiful. I watch it every year, man. I love it. Oh, okay. I'm one. sorry. See, I I need to. When I grow up, I'll appreciate Terrence Malick more. I'm sure. <laughs> when I when I become a grown up. All right. Well, at this point, it is time to move into our feature review of Blood Rage. Looks like you're gonna get a chance to meet the rest of the family. My psychotic brother just escaped. Hot bread, everybody. <laughs> Here's to the new family. I think that you should go home, too, because there's a bad person out here tonight. Okay. So go home and don't let anybody in. Okay. Hi. My God. Ah, that's horrible. How did they show that on TV? So just to clarify for people, because I was the idiot on the uh, Slashers episode who, for a moment, mixed this up with uh, Maniac from 1980, because I guess the AKA title of Maniac from 1980 is also Blood Rage. So that is Hmm. not the film we're referring to. Maniac is uh, a gem in its own right, but not a Thanksgiving movie. And here's the premise. Todd is institutionalized for a murder committed by his twin while the twin goes free. Ten years later, on Thanksgiving, Todd escapes and a killing spree begins in his neighborhood. As we've said, this is a slasher film, ultimately released in 1987, but it has some AKA titles. That, and in fact, the version I watched, the title card said slasher, so it's also known yeah, as... Me too. Slasher, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch? I've never heard that AKA title. Yeah, there are, so mm-hmm. basically this film was shot in 1983. Right. It had trouble being released. It was released theatrically in 1987. There was also a television version that was cut. And the television version, much like the Halloween television edit, if you guys remember that, mm-hmm. has all mm-hmm. these additional scenes that they shot that are talking scenes, but then they cut out all of the you know the sex and the gore yeah they need to pad the runtime for them yeah yeah and now there's a composite cut as well that was made that includes both that footage and the hard r footage together and all of three of those versions are on the blu-ray put out by arrow video so it's got blood rage as well as nightmare at what is it shadow woods Shadow Woods. Yeah, Nightmare. And then the composite cut of those two. But I haven't heard anything about Slasher, so that's also very interesting. Yeah, because I ended up, for whatever reason, this, this, according to Amazon, this is streaming on Amazon Prime, but for whatever reason, I could not get it to play even with my Amazon Prime membership. So I ended up watching it on YouTube, and the, the, Mm. the full version is on YouTube, and the YouTube version is titled Slasher. And by the way, it has all of the, you know, the straight up hard R bits because. Oh, yeah, I, exactly. That's the one I saw on Amazon Prime. That's the exact same one they have on Amazon Prime. Oh, good. Okay. okay. That's good. Enough. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, but Josh, I'm jealous. I mean, that's great. You have that. So you ordered that Blu-ray after uh, Greg Amortis recommended I it. it. I think while we were on the line recording that episode, I ordered <laughs> the 
Blu-ray. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow, nice. Yeah. It, well, Greg really sold it, I have to say. He did. And I I did not I was not quite as blown away by the movie as he was. But he, there, mm. I think the thing that's interesting about this movie is because it was so hard to get for so many years, this only existed on bootleg VHS tapes, right? Mm-hmm. And in all these weird different versions. And so it had built up this huge cult following. Like, this is the missing 80s slasher movie that you know that nobody got to see it's almost as if thanksgiving right. existed as bad as some of those scenes are you'd be like wow i can't believe we get to watch this right yeah if it was had been this bootleg copy and mm-hmm. that's kind of how blood rage was to a lot of people it was just this rarity that only the people who went to horror conventions and bought these bootleg vhs tapes could actually get their hands on and so i think a lot of people were really excited to get this arrow video blu-ray which was Mm -hmm. finally a pristine looking copy of the movie with all of the right bits in there and all put together and i you know it had already built up a strong cult fan base that was happy for that release you know and coming to it late i don't i don't have that appreciation behind it you know but i think there still is a lot to appreciate as a horror fan you know it's it's funny now being removed from our 80s slasher extravaganza that we did last October, you know, you, you watch so many of those movies back to back to back to back and your rating system kind of fluctuates a bit where you start grading it on the scale of other 80s slasher movies. And so this would actually rank pretty highly for me had we rated it back then. But now after a year of watching all these art house films and everything, (laughs) it's, you know, it doesn't quite have the same, impact Uh, and Mm -hmm. we talked about we talked about it during that episode where you know where where we asked the question are are we a little uh uh, more lenient on on the slasher films than we are others we agreed we are just because it's 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 you know got some um, it's sentimental in a way this is the the movies when we grew up you know and then Mm -hmm. with that time period and um so so i we tend to at least I tend to be a little more lenient when, when, when ranking and when give, when given a rating for them, you right. know? Mm-hmm. So, and this is one that you can definitely, you know, make a case for. I mean, this is, I was looking at it. I said, okay, yeah, it was, it was made in 83 and it was released in 87. So it, it was, it was shot the year I finished eighth grade and released the year I graduated high school. <laughs> so for my entire high school ex- Existence, this thing was like gestating and they were trying to figure out what to do with it, you know how to how to release it or whatever just like that's first baby to, i started to think it's like what were they waiting for were like were they waiting for a time when the characters would seem more intelligent well that wasn't going to happen <laughs> i mean you know all slasher movies have dumb characters or smart people doing dumb things or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. this is almost like otherworldly dumb some of these this is almost like mars sent us their dumb for the people in this movie, you know, it's for the things that they do, mm. um, you know, like, oh, there's there's a there's a killer loose. Well, let me walk around the compound yelling, Brad, Terry, <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> you know, uh, and, and oh, there's a killer out there. Let's play tennis, <laughs> you know, th- things like that. Um, and you got to get a kind of get over that. I thought, were they waiting for a time when Luis Lasser's performance wasn't quite so over the top? Didn't seem so over the top. Mm. It's almost <laughs> as if. The director said, I'll give you a hundred dollar bonus every time you take your performance over the top. She could have retired <laughs> by the time this movie was done. That's true. I mean, that scene where she's on the phone. Oh my yeah. gosh. She's yeah. like, 
It's an emergency operator. It's an emergency. You don't understand. It's an emergency. I could just see the operator going, psycho, what the hell do you want from me? I call the number. Yeah. It doesn't answer. What, what can I do here? Let me just say yeah. one thing about that scene while you're on it, Dave. When that goes on so long and it's so like mm-hmm. like accentuated that I'm like, yeah. it was making me feel awkward or uncomfortable. <laughs> like I felt, oh, I, I felt weird about watching it. Like I was embarrassed or something. It was, I'm like, what is happening? Oh yeah, but I, I think she has a lot of scenes like that. <laughs> yes, uh, and and the scene where she's saying, "Please be careful, please be careful." Oh, put a sweater on. It's cold outside. I that so I said, "Wait a second, Where's the I blue one? Is this a comedy? Is this supposed <laughs> to be a comedy?" From that one <laughs> line, I'm like. I think there's absolutely a th- a really mean streak of comedy running through this movie for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's completely intentional that the that the laughs are there. There 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 are definitely moments to laugh at during this movie, but mm-hmm. I think it's intended to be mm-hmm. funny as well. Right. And um, yeah, with regard to her scenes, I feel like you know you're dealing with a cast of probably a lot of young actors who are not you know very experienced and some non-actors mm-hmm. and then you have her who seems like this is extremely melodramatic actress i have to feel like the filmmaker just said well she's really the only one here with any acting chops let's just let this roll this is interesting we're getting some crazy stuff out of this you know <laughs> it it's was, on a level of performance nuts. that that doesn't exist anywhere else in the film yeah exactly it's really right. bad at the same time <laughs> Like, it's right. just, like grating. I mean, you're, you're watching her and you're like, you're like, this movie is insane. You know, as it's going on, I'm sitting there going, this movie is insane with everything that was, that was happening in it. And Louise Lasser was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And the other characters, as stupid as they were, well, let me grab this baby. Oh, let me put it in this cabinet and hide in this toilet. Oh, I forgot yeah. the baby. Let me go back and get the baby. <laughs> it was so strange. And I think it's a good idea if I sit on the side of the pool and cradle this baby, knowing there's a with killer. With my back to the door. Yeah, with my back, <laughs> my back to the entire pool and the entire everything. I'm just going to just sit here and cradle this baby and, and sit on the side of the pool because that, that's probably the smartest thing to do. Well, you know what it felt like is it felt like there was a lot of improv moments. Like it felt like when I was younger and I'd want to go shoot something, but we didn't quite have a script together. So we just kind of make things up on the fly with my friends mm-hmm. in high school right, or whatever. Right. Like, oh, maybe you do this now. Oh, maybe you do this now. Like there were some cool moments like that. Mm-hmm. The scene of the pool could have been terrifying with what yep. goes on on the diving board, both times on the diving board. Yes. If it was shot a little bit better, if it was written a little bit better, if you know, the blocking and the camera reveals had been done differently, I think it could have been really freaky, but, and, and it is still freaky in the way that it's so bonkers that you're like, wow, this is crazy, right. but it's not legitimately scary. It's more just mind bending. But in the way you guys are describing this, just in case people out there listening haven't seen it, I don't think it's off-putting, though. I think it's endearing. All the craziness that you're talking about, I think, lends itself to the film. I mean, the performances are really poor, as you guys have said and Greg Amortis said. (laughs) But you you don't don't necessarily expect them not to be. That's true. you, You don't go into a movie like this expecting to say... Okay, well, let's let's see, um, you know, uh, Mark Sopel. Well, I think he's the next Olivier, you know, or something like that. You, you, you yeah. go in sort of thinking 
And by the way, that guy looks so familiar to me. He was in the world according to Garp. That's where I saw him before. Gotcha. And I couldn't place it at first. I'm saying, where have I seen this guy before? And it wasn't wasn't like a major role. Mm-hmm. And he has that small little role in the world, according to Garp. Um, but yeah, you're and 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 of course, yeah, none of the performances. It's and we know that it's just not going to hit any level along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that going in, uh, and you know that it's going to really it's going to be revolving around the different kill scenes and how those are carried off. And of course, then you have Ted Raimi um, give us a cameo as a condom salesman <laughs> selling condoms in the bathroom of a drive-in theater. Very lucrative. Um, I bet he can. I bet he can retire too. That that character from from doing that. I think that's like one of the. I think going into the twenty first century, I think that was right up there with hospitality in the tech sector, selling condoms in in in, in bathrooms at drive-ins. That 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 you could really make a lot of money doing that. Uh, and he had like a big selection there too. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was fun to see Ted Raimi there. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. And he's on the behind the scenes documentary as well. Just oh, FYI. there's a really nice. there's some really good making of stuff on this Blu-ray. Nice. Yeah, I mean it, it does. It has that sheen of a of a low budget slasher flick. But I will say, guys, I want to agree with something that listener Jason Dragon said. I mean, he he classifies this as the the best Thanksgiving horror film ever made. And and I would I would chime in there too so far for what we have because I think there's it's a the lo- only effects horror <laughs> film ever made now but well it's like there, there haven't been that many it's you know it's, it's, true. it's almost like saying it's the best best um slasher film starring mark sopel mm-hmm. you know <laughs> because there's yeah. not that many other ones out there right but but, I, but I, there's a lot of heart here though like in terms of like if you want to if you like list out like the slasher conventions like the recipe for a slasher film which we've done this many times before but in terms of like you know the the kill scenes and the gore this is this is great in that department and even though it's low budget i think the gore scenes are actually fairly well done i mean some I, are better I, than others there is an incredible I don't know. Is it okay to spoil the, some of the kills? Yeah, I think, I think we could talk a about them. Split. Mm-hmm. There's a head split that is one of the coolest, like splatter horror kills I've ever seen. Honestly, like the way that that ended, I was like, "Holy crap!" That yeah it took me by surprise because some of those that had come before it weren't quite as good. Like, there's one involving a hand that you're kind of like. Okay. That looks really bad. Yeah. This is like one of the cheapest looking effects I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> yes. It's laughably bad. But but I mean, okay, yes, I agree with you there. And and by the way, that head split that you're talking about, I I, I like gore scenes. They don't bother me. But for whatever reason, I, I think it's because I wasn't expecting that when it happens. I was like, ew. Like it was kind of gross to me because you can really see the brains very well. Like yeah. it's very upsetting. But, but but yeah, just so people know the the special effects guy on this, he's legit. Before this, he had done Chud and Sleepaway Camp and Breeders and the stuff and Amityville Two. And after this, he worked on such films as Terminator Two and Star Trek wow. uh, Six: The Undiscovered Country and Hellraiser, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the television mm-hmm. series. So this is an experienced uh, makeup effects guy. He's, you know, he's still working today on, he's on Westworld and NCIS and stuff like that. Yeah. So. And, and there's, and for me, the one, and I don't even think it was, 
the most impressive, but, and I'm not going to spoil this one because it happens later in the movie. It just happens on a bridge when they find all of these, mm-hmm. these implements laying down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, what happens there? I was like, oh, don't tell me this is going to happen. And it does. Yeah. And that one was very sort of disturbing to me. To be honest with you, that because I'm just like, wow, I, I agree. You know, and and it's a it's a Thanksgiving related, um, you know, Thanksgiving dinner related yes. type of. Yes. And that's where you get that's where you get the quote. That was where Josh got the quote that, that that's not cranberry sauce. It was from well, that scene. If I'm not he says it. He says it several times. He says it probably yeah. four right. times. Yeah, we, <laughs> right, we right, get right. that a lot. But but yeah, so like the there's a lot of heart and I think it's really well done. And as you said, so what is the special effects? Um, what is that person's name so we can give Ed a shout French. out? Did Ed, I not say it? it's Ed French. Yeah. Ed, Ed French. French. He played the he played the boyfriend of the girl looking to get a rich daddy for the baby. Oh, love it. Okay, yeah, I, I like that character a lot. But yeah, he he has talent. Obviously, I mean, I think you can see it there. And even though like maybe the budget was restricted, I still, I mean, I think it. They're good. I mean, these are good kills, most of them. And I agree with you about the hand, Josh. But still. Just want to say, I mean, I think it's a lot of credit. And, and the other half of the the heart that I love about this is, you know, the uh, the naughty bits. Let's say <laughs> those. See, the, there's there's <laughs> yeah, quite but, a bit of that because in a lot of slashers, you have a little bit of it up front, and and you know yeah. you have the promiscuous couple, and then they get killed. But um, that's a theme like throughout this film. Like they bring that back mm-hmm. a lot. So if if you, what's interesting. I thought was that the women were the aggressors sometimes. They were the ones sort of instigating it. Mm-hmm. And you had the guy sort of falling back like, mm, I don't know. And they were like a little little nervous. You saw that a couple times in the movie. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Where, where the women are just are sort of trying to they're the ones saying, Hey, let's let's, you know, let's let's get at it here. And the guys are just kind of like, Oh, well, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I thought that was very I thought that was interesting. That was a nice an interesting little twist. There, yeah, I think that had to do with the killer psychology to some degree though, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It did, but even yes. even the scene with Ed French with the girl, you know, with the baby, she was definitely right. the aggressor and he was sort of holding back a little bit. Mm-hmm. The, there was even there was even one speaking to Dave's point there. There's even one scene where a character, a female character says to the guy, I want you to make love to me <laughs> like that. And she actually like blatantly says it. And then it's like, well, you know, and it's it's funny what um, what the male decides, how the male decides to field that <laughs> that. that o- yes. Invitation. Yes, definitely. But but anyways, because of those two things that I mentioned, the kills and the naughty type of scenes, I think that. um like if if you're a, if you're a, a hardcore slasher film if you like slasher flicks and you like the recipe i think this has a lot of what you're looking for throughout the film whereas others you know i mean the body counts really high and even if if it's not always a kill like the injuries i mean there's a there's a good bit of blood in here too so i was very impressed and and very entertained by how much is in here in this film mhm definitely Good. I'm glad you liked it. Based on your text that we had earlier today, when you said you almost agreed with what I was saying, I thought, "Oh, Jay didn't like the movie." <laughs> no, 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 no. That was a that was a reference to um because I I it's clear to me that you don't love home movie as much as I do, and so I was just <laughs> referencing that. So we'll have to take that up on on another occasion and, uh, okay. t- and talk okay. about home movie, which which uh, listeners 
make sure you check that one out. But anyways, <laughs> the other thing, so the director here is uh, John Grismer. I think I'm saying that right. And I love when a a horror film has other horror films in it. And and this opens at a at a drive-in theater here. And, and in fact, it's set in Florida, which is kind of cool, right? This is set in Jackson, Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, and it's set there, and it's it's shot there too. It was actually filmed in Jacksonville, Florida, right, exactly. which is cool. Which is which is Herschel Gordon Lewis's um, turf. I don't know if it was Jacksonville. I know he shot most of his movies in Florida, most of his uh, gore films in Florida. Yes. Not sure what part, but and, and, um, yeah. So Florida is uh, is quite a history. There. Where's where is um, Joel from? The the city. Uh, for some reason, uh, uh, it's a. Sk- Escaping me. He's he's from. I just talked to Joel today, and he brought up that he is from the town where they shot Edward Scissorhands in Florida. Oh, okay, all right. I don't remember the name of it though, right? <laughs> because he's told me a lot of times that I'm still not a good friend, and I don't remember. But yes, yeah. Gilman is a Floridian. Um, but so the other thing I wanted to say, I, we're kind of all over the place. I'm I'm excited about the things we're going to talk about. Okay, so this John Grismer guy, he also wrote a, a film that's called The Bride, and, and another AKA title is The House That Cried Murder, and they show some of that in this film, which I think is kind of cool. But in terms of like the story here, don't you guys feel like this is a huge um, Halloween ripoff? I mean, there's a lot of Michael Myers-esque. I mean, the plot of the first Halloween movie is in many ways regurgitated here. Yes. Although they give, I would say they even have a stronger um, motivation for why the killer is doing what he's doing in this film than Halloween does. Yeah. You know, I think we see explicitly this tied to this relationship he has with his mother. And I think that's interesting. Now they don't do, they don't do a great job of expressing that in the film. (laughs) You have to, you have to do a little bit of work yourself, but Mm -hmm. um, it's true. I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. It's very different in some ways though, because you have this whole idea of the, the twin trope, which I always think is a little bit lazy sometimes, but you know, the thing that actually, made me appreciate it most here because they don't, I don't think that they use it to its full potential. I think they have some nice moments with the twin stuff, but I think they could have actually gone a lot further with the Todd character. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the Todd right. character could have been expanded greatly. Agreed. I will say it made me really appreciate Mark Soper because I believed it to be two different actors. I believed it to be twins. Yes. Multiple times while watching it, he is unrecognizable as the same right. person. He really has a full characterization for Todd, you know, yes. because when I was watching Terry, I'm like, uh, I don't think this guy's a great actor. I don't really like this guy. And then when Todd would be on the screen, I'm like, I really like this actor. This guy's great. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right? I like what he's doing here. Yeah, I agree with you. Now, in in terms of the Michael Myers parallels, though, I mean, it, this is a film where it opens with a you know a youth committing murder, getting sent away right for a number of years, like ten years, and then it's the night he came home kind of thing, and and Good so he's point. he's coming back, and then you also have the. Uh, the shrink, you know, the doctor who's worked with Todd, who's coming back to try to um, track him right. down. And, and so I, also I think underdeveloped though, I will say uh, indeed. Yeah, I totally agree. But I mean, it's interesting to me. I think there's a lot of, um, and, and I don't call it ripping off. I just call this homaging. I think they're celebrating Halloween more than 
ripping it off. So I, I bet you that's another reason why Greg Amore dislikes this film so much. Yeah. Well, and if you look at it, I mean, again, it was shot in 83. So it was shot pretty early on in the slasher cycle. We didn't have a lot of examples at that point. We're just kind of right in the heyday where they're figuring out the genre doesn't come out until 87 where the it's starting to wind down, you know, the slasher movements kind of coming to an end. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's kind of fascinating to look at as well. Yeah. I think maybe it would be a little bit more developed story wise had it come actually been made in 87, but maybe not has felt as fresh and vibrant as it does display its many flaws, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I agree with that too. Um, so uh, sorry, I got a lot of random things. So th- these are going to be like a little bit unrelated sometimes, but like I like how this actually takes place just for people's information, the kills and things that happen in the the majority of the movie takes place obviously on Thanksgiving Day, but it's November 22nd, 1984, which is neat. And and just a side note, when we recorded that episode when Greg Amortis reviewed it and the slasher episode, that was actually Thanksgiving night. So I couldn't believe it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like I was weird to me. I'm like, oh, we recorded on a Thanksgiving holiday together. It's like, I wonder how much trouble we were in for doing that last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was well, year. you would talk about your worst uh, Thanksgiving. Mayan was last year because we spent it all in the emergency room with my wife. So we didn't even get dinner. We ended up going to Wawa and I ended up getting a, uh, a turkey with, um, with stuffing bowl, I think just to have a little bit. And then that's, this is almost like damn near lunch meat Turkey. So it was not uh, (laughs) quite the same thing. Um, So that night, actually probably recording that episode that night probably was the best part of my Thanksgiving. Well, I'm glad to hear that at that part, at least. Sorry about the other stuff, but, uh, and it's a year ago. What are you going to do? Well, let's talk about, so back to the kill scenes. I have a couple of things on this. Um, you, you have a, you have a lot of attacks to the face, right? In this movie and, and the, the opening kill scene is a hatchet to the face. And when we see the aftermath shot, cause Ooh, I, that I, was, that was brutal. Yeah. I was like, that Oh, was, oh. when he's, when he blinks that eye. Yeah. It looks, that was brutal. Yeah. yeah. That, that had the damage that's done there. You know, where you've got this like deep slit crevice into the face, it looks pretty convincing, I thought. And and that kind of made me wince. Um, another thing that we, we talk about a lot, like especially when it pertains to Christmas horror films, is how much Christmassy stuff is in it. And as we've said, this doesn't, even though it takes place on Thanksgiving and stuff, and there there is a dinner table scene and so forth, there's not like Thanksgiving throughout, like... um. No, you know, you know, it's almost like the meal was pretty much done um, by that point, or they weren't really, well, it wasn't done, but they didn't, you see more of it when um, Louis Lasser is sitting there sort of binge eating. Yeah, yeah, um, you got a little bit there. Leftover vegetables, and, and when um, when Todd crushes the pie, you yes. know, things like that. Yeah. You get more <laughs> of an idea of the Thanksgiving uh, uh, fe- uh, feast. You do, you do. You got um, yeah, the happy Thanksgiving. You got pumpkin pie. You've got um, they're they're playing a football game, which in my neighborhood here, a lot of people get together on Thanksgiving morning and play football mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, turkey bowl, yeah, turkey bowl, uh, of course. And so that's in this. Um, you you know, so I think there there's enough in this to make it legitimately a respectable Thanksgiving horror themed film. 
just putting it out there. But what did you guys think of the the music and the soundtrack to this? Because I think there are a lot of interesting choices. Like uh, there's that one song that's playing on the radio that has um, I'm Gonna Get You in the hook. And it sounds like a terrible song. But if you're listening to it, it's it's thematically very interesting. Um, th- I don't know if you guys noticed that or if you noticed like yeah. at, at the end, like mm-hmm. the the theme music during the credits, like the the score for whatever reason. And I'm, I'm sure people will disagree with this, but I, I'm obsessed with the the Nintendo, the NES Batman video game, that original one back in like, you know, probably came out in 1990 or 89-ish. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the music in that first level, uh, for whatever reason, it was reminding me of that. So I actually appreciate the music choices in this film. Just wanted to put that out there too. Okay. Yeah, there are there are a lot of interesting little meta moments where whatever what's on the radio is commenting on the scene, and I yes for a film that's so poorly written, that's pretty cool that that <laughs> was working on that level. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a character and, and we probably could say who it is without really spoiling much, but I won't. I'll just say uh, they're out in the woods. Okay. And, and there's a little girl who's out there looking for her cat, um, Tigger. And, and, and so there's a character who basically wants to protect her and, you know, tell her to get in and lock the door and stuff. And, and I think it's interesting because people who are screenwriting fans, there's that screenwriting book or the technique called uh, Save the Cat, right? Where where you you get the audience to like your character by having them save the cat up front. And I think it's right. so funny to me and interesting that they did this save the cat type of moment where he saved the little girl by not having her save the cat. And that just cracks me up. It's just a nerdy <laughs> screenwriter thing, but I think that's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's pretty, yeah, pretty cool. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I will say, you know, we've mentioned how good the special effects are. They are. And again, they are really bad at other parts too, because they're so cheap. And I would say you're going to be watching this. If you do watch this, you're going to be watching this. And at first you're going to be like, what are these guys talking about? These special effects are atrocious, <laughs> but they get better as the film goes. I will say like the first two big kills, there's kind of the cold open kill. After that, the first two big kills are probably the two worst in the film. I would say mm-hmm. there's, there's the hand thing that we mentioned that just looks like a like if you're at the grocery store and they've got a santa claus animatronic standing there that's like how good the special effect is and then um and then there's a part where i i kind of i would just want to minorly spoil this kill i won't say who it is or exactly what happens but let's just say the bottom half of someone's body is separated from the top half of someone's body right it looks so bad when someone comes upon that later and mm-hmm. he just kind of uh just lifts up the bottom part of the torso and <laughs> sort of puts them back together you know it's like, like, like the like scene in ways yeah and the yeah. wizard of oz with the scarecrow you know yeah. just let's, let's see if we can put it back together it is exactly like, like that it looks like a piece of plastic it looks like it's more lightweight than a mannequin would be if it were <laughs> divided into that's true everything you said is true and yeah i don't think they should have had this character like put the body back together for some reason and i still don't 100 percent understand the reason behind that but when I initially, when you initially see that first aftermath shot of the character in half, I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, they were they really wanted to go far 
and push this far, showing that this killer is serious business. So I, I respected that, even if it wasn't 100% convincing. Mm. Yeah, and the Just, character inter- interactions are pretty strange. You know, my wife sometimes comes into the room when I'm watching these movies for the podcast and makes little wry comments as a non-horror appreciator. <laughs> and she came in for this one scene and it's just guys and girls talking, uh, you know, there's, there, there are two guys and two girls and the boys are playing video games. And the girls are kind of talking about relationship stuff and the interactions are so strange. And she just looks at me. She's like, well, the eighties were really weird. I'm like, yeah, they were really weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you do wonder about the script in this because yeah there were moments and I, unfortunately i didn't i don't have one in mind to quote exactly but there were moments when the characters would say things and it's like that is such a bizarre thing to say right there are is this ad-libbing yeah. you know like it, it's it's very unnatural yeah. it's very hit or miss in terms of conventional screenwriting but there is something kind of fun about it because it just feels like outsider art in a way, you know, like it's just like, yeah, wow, that was bizarre. I agree with kind that. Kind of in the way sleepaway camp is, I think, you right. know, sleepaway camp exactly. has this weird vibe. I feel like this has a similar weird vibe. I agree with that. Now yep. there, there is a scene that for this affected me weirdly, and this might not affect anybody else the same way, but um, you have a character who's like sitting at a desk and in the background there's this radio station playing and it's like this um this minister it's it's obvious this evangelical like some sort of like religious broadcast and and the name of the radio show is the lord never sleeps and and their little tagline to the radio show if you're listening to it is um the lord never sleeps so we don't either you know and so that's why we're here broadcasting and and so the next part of this comment here is you have awful things that happen while this religious thing, this religious broadcast is happening in the background. And so that juxtaposition there is a little unsettling for me as a believer because, you know, I, I just, when, when things like that happen, it's, it's really upsetting to me for some reason. But then later on, if you're paying attention to what's on the radio, they sign off. And even though they have this, the Lord never sleeps, so we don't either. They're like, okay, we're signing off. The Lord never sleeps. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> it just, it just cracked. Me. It's the littlest thing, but the Lord's taking a nap, and we're going to take a break. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, I, I would encourage people if you're going to watch this film, make sure you pay really close attention to like the score, the soundtrack, the music in the background, like the source, you know, the diegetic stuff and the non-diegetic as well, and, and absolutely everything that Louise Lasser says. Yes. Oh. Let's let's talk about her she's more. She's so grating, man. She's so grating to me. Everything about her, I just can't take it. I mean, it's just miserable for me watching her performance. So I agree. <laughs> but in a really but in kind of a train wreck way where you're just like, wow. But wow. Uh, and you guys are right. <laughs> I and I won't I can't even argue with that. But did it affect you? Uh, the thing is I think that because she starts going off the deep end, clearly, like either her performance gets way out there and really bad, or they're trying to depict that she's going crazy. I mean, I I read it as, okay, she's losing her mind as the night goes on. Um, Because she is like losing (laughs) her grip on reality and stuff, it it, it actually kind of, um, I found it a little bit troubling and disturbing. I actually saw sort of saw it as more that she's always been that way. And we're just sort of seeing another day in her life. 
you know, because I think the, 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 the you had to explain these kids somehow. And she is uh, just everything she does. I mean, uh, uh, the, the, the sitting in front of the fridge and, and eating the vegetables and, and the, the, the drinking the wine and walking around, stumbling around. And then two minutes later, you're sweeping the floor. Uh, it was very, very strange. And you're screaming at operators on the phone. You know, mm-hmm. it's an emergency. I understand that. Well, get off your dead ass and walk 10 feet and knock on the door. I understand he told you he'll call you, but if it's that big of an emergency, <laughs> go out your door, go four doors down to where he lives and knock on the damn door. Mm-hmm. Here is a better idea than that. Someone called the police during this movie. Yeah. yeah. What is going on? Why is no one called the police yet? And it comes up, but they don't do it. Yeah. So bizarre. You would think that would be the very first thing that an insane asylum would do when they have an escaped patient is call the police. Mm -hmm. Yes, (laughs) but Uh, I'm going to take a shower. Me too. There's like multiple characters taking showers through this movie. (laughs) I know. I know, which is another part of its charm, right? Like Uh, they they took a shower, then went to the went and played tennis for about what was all of about a minute and then went Mm. to the pool. (laughs) right right um so there's a you know there's a convention in slasher films that we talk about called the tour of the dead where you know late in the film you have characters go through and discover like the aftermath like dead bodies that are stashed Uh in various places and and i i thought it was interesting in this film how there's like a mini tour of the dead and then later they continued the tour and so you you see a lot of carnage throughout the film especially in the the latter half which I respect. Yes. I respect mm-hmm. that a lot. Um, it's funny. There's, there's a moment where the killer kind of rediscovers one of the kills in a very bizarre scene where the, the editors try to get another scare out of him seeing the dead body. <laughs> that oh, is me. such yeah, a weird right. choice right. because we get this kind of jump moment when, you know, when an innocent stumbles across the dead bodies but then we have the killer revisit it and that they try to get there there's a music cue there's like this bunk moment you know and (laughs) he knows the bodies are there he put them there yeah that's that is neat that's good good catch on that josh for whatever reason that didn't register with me but that's awesome it's bizarre yeah this this is a weird movie for sure but i think there's a lot of charm in it and and honestly when i was uh when i was watching this last night i was really tired and it was really late and i didn't drift at all and i was i was having fun watching it i would call it a fun slasher film this this movie didn't have the chucky effect on you no no i actually stayed awake for this i'm happy to report (laughs) so that's good um what about so and i'm going to be really careful so we don't go into spoilers but i want to kind of talk around these things and Hopefully people who have seen this a million times will know exactly what we're talking about. I think, you know, in the final scene, like the ending scene, is interesting to me because um, there is uh, tenderness mixed in with, like, um, like pitifulness. And then there's a surprise about what a character believes. I'm sorry this is so vague. But there's a surprise where it's like you think you think a character has figured out something. But then you figure out... Oh no, that character still doesn't know what's happening. So right. I was, I was really, I, I enjoyed the way the ending unfolds. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was weird. And that was actually, yeah, <laughs> that probably was the most powerful scene in yeah. the movie on an emotional level simply because what those two characters are going through in their minds and in their lives. It's pretty intense, actually. Yeah, for absolutely. The film we're in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, um, any anything else, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap up our review of Blood Rage with our ratings? Anything else you guys want? I think so. Okay. Well, this is this is a very good time. I just want to tell people that I, I the the thing is I admire this film a lot. And even if you don't own the uh, the Arrow Video Blu-ray release, which it sounds like you should, I know Greg Amortis recommended that people buy it, and um, but I I still say you know you could see this on Amazon Prime supposedly. <laughs> Doc was able to see it on there, and you can you can even watch it on YouTube which is never ideal, but I'm just saying it's there. And if you're listening to this on Thanksgiving day and you're like, Oh, I need to watch blood rage. You can do it right then. And I would highly recommend it because if you like 80 slasher flicks, this has enough, it has all of the things like the check boxes of the things that you like. And, and I'd say particularly in kill scenes, gore scenes and like nudity slash sex scenes, it's all in there. So um, I'm actually, I'm going to rate this surprisingly high, you guys, because of how much fun I have watching this. So I'm going to give this, for me, like this is like a, a I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. And I I think it's a buy, but since it's like the best Thanksgiving horror film, I would buy it. Um, and I, th- I would call it a must-see at least once. Uh, what do you say, Dr. Shock? Okay, so I've been sort of picking the movie apart here. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, everything we've been saying with Luis Lasser and just how strange it is and, and the, the, the acting and everything. I got to be honest. I loved Blood Rage. I absolutely <laughs> loved this movie. I bought the Blu-ray as soon as it was over. And I can't wait to look at the special features. I want to listen to the commentary by the director. Yes, it's everything we said. It's insane. Luis Lasser is is like nails on a chalkboard. The people, the characters are stupid. A lot of it doesn't make any sense, but I absolutely love the movie. I had so much fun watching this movie. I am actually, I should give it, I should, like common sense would tell me to give it a (laughs) 4.5, but I'm going to give it an eight. And I'm going to say, I'm still going to call it a high priority rental. I don't know that I want to tell everybody to go out and buy the Blu-ray and let's just see this thing first. (laughs) But I bought the Blu-ray. I did. Really, I mean, this is the, maybe the Dr. Schlock. I don't know, but I really loved this movie. I was never bored. I was so into it by the time it was done. But a lot of it was for the reasons we were discussing with with the, what was going on. And I'm going, is this happening? What What is this? What What the hell is going on here? But for some reason, I really loved it. So I'm giving I'm giving it as as hard as I was on it. I'm giving it an eight, and I'm saying it's a high priority rental. Wow, I love it. That makes me so happy, Dave. Good job, Dave. Okay, and what do you say, Wolfman Josh? Bring us home. In the world of 80s slashers, go if we could go back one year in a world where I'm rating films like visiting hours a 7.5. (laughs) (laughs) This is probably an eight in that world. It you know. In the world where I'm watching movies like Black Coat's Daughter and A right, Dark right. Song and Raw and all of this year's art films, this is feeling more like a four to me. So I am a bit torn. 
I think <laughs> the honest maybe then place to land f- for me is just a five as a film. I will say, however, buy it because I think if you are an eighties <laughs> slasher fan, if you are someone who loves these really bad 80s slashes that we all love, you know, if, if, if a film like sleepaway camp is a classic to you, you're probably going to enjoy this, you know, and <laughs> I, I think you will. And I, that arrow video release is so strong there is a director's commentary. There's an interview with Ed French, the special effects guy. There's interview with Louise Lasser. <laughs> nice. And Mark Soper. There's, there's a My bunch goodness. of great content here. Three cuts of the film restored, restored to 4k HD. I mean, it's a, it's a great release and a great version of this. If you want to just a weird little undiscovered gem, certainly not for everybody. But if, but you know, this is poor writing the, there are high and low spots in terms of the acting. There are high and low spots in terms of the directing. There are high and low spots in terms of the special effects, but the highest spots are fun as an 80 slasher fan. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's me. I'm going to give this one a five and say, buy it. (laughs) I love this spread of five, a seven and an eight. That is so great. Um, this is interesting to me because like, so for example, I, I do think we've done our due diligence here, guys, with appreciating the, the horror cinema here, the the, the era. And I, I think we've appreciated this film sufficiently. And I think we've also been critical of it. And, and I think we've warned people as well. But I, I still see like some listeners out there. So there are going to be people like, um, like our friend Bloody Lizzie over there from... Uh, <laughs> from terror troop right like because right. i remember like when she would see an older film like um the texas chainsaw massacre or something like that because she was did not come in high yeah yeah she yeah. she would come in pretty low so somebody like her would think this is terrible you guys what are you yeah. talking about well, but, let's be honest jay we thought it when we were watching it and we grew up yeah. in that era we thought it was terrible at yeah, times. yeah i mean i thought it times. was terrible at times but i still it's it's like an, like you're saying jay it's an endearing terrible yeah yeah Yep, and, and honestly, it, I feel like I my my rating I feel like is should hopefully give people an idea. If your favorite type of film is raw, this is a four. You know what I mean? But if your right, favorite right. type of movie is sleepaway camp, this might be an eight. So right, you know, right. I, and I think people can judge. If you're an 80s slasher fan, you know whether or not you're an 80s Sal Roma. He claims he's an 80s slasher fan, but he didn't like curtains. He didn't like the burning. Sal, you're probably not going to like this one. You well, know? No, I, I don't think he will. Well, okay. So now I'm really going to kick the the beehive here uh, just, just to stir it up. So if we have uh, some crossover listeners with Movie Podcast Weekly, I've recently gotten a lot of freaking grief, like a lot of crap over rating Thor Ragnarok, not a horror film, rating that 6.5 out of 10 because mm-hmm. you know i liked it but and yes i rated blood rage just now a seven and i'm, I'm <laughs> oh boy oh i want to make i want i'm underscoring this okay because i know somebody's probably gonna throw it at me on twitter anyway but i'm telling you right now i enjoyed this more than thor ragnarok so and i, I would not go wow. that far. i'm not I saying it's i'm not saying it's a better film you know and uh, obviously thor ragnarok's funnier and, and, and it's apples and oranges, but I'm just saying my seven stands. I did like this more than Thor. Ragnarok. I got a question for you, Jay. I almost got the feeling 
when you were going to rate it, that you were going to give it a 6.5. And I was going to ask, are you retiring 6.5? Because that seems to be kind of a kind of a little uh, a very contentious rating for you. Anything is a 6.5. Man, it's 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 almost become like like the, the J of the dead, the J of the dead zone. You know, uh, the, the, the 6.5 rating. Although then I hear you gave Thor Ragnarok a 6.5. So I guess it's still alive. And what, what you just said, you have no idea how funny that is, because even at church, like last night we had a dinner at church, right? And people around the table who happen to listen to our podcasts were making fun of me for rating everything 6.5. I don't know what, I don't feel like I rate that many things 6.5, but perhaps I do, obviously. But anyways, uh, well, no, but you, rate, you, rate, you rate threes 6.5 and you rate tens 6.5. I think that's probably where a lot of people are, you know. Well, who, who says they're threes? Who says they're tens? I'm saying they're 6.5. Well, everybody obviously. but you're 6.5. Oh, personally, I, I noticed that if I'm kind of debating whether I liked or loved the movie, if I'm kind of like in that area, if I kind of have a feeling a little bit lower on it, I'll go 7.5. And that's one of my most common ratings for sure. 7.5. If I mm-hmm. liked it a little more solidly, it's an eight. And those like, I can really feel whether a movie's fluctuating between 7.5 and eight for me. But mm-hmm. that, that's hilarious, man. So 6.5 is the J of the dead zone. Yeah. I, I, I love that. You said that. That's pretty cool. Actually. Well, I just want to say this. So a six for me, guys, a six for me is something that you'd get from Redbox on the way home from work, you'd watch it and you'd like it. It's like, yeah, that's a rental. That's good. And when you get 5.5 and five, it's like, mm, it's okay. You know, like I spent time on that and I don't necessarily regret it, but. And for me, my ratings are explicitly how good the film is. So like, I don't, I think in terms of filmmaking quality, this is probably in the four to five area that doesn't reflect my enjoyment of it. However, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Sure. And so like for film like Thor Ragnarok, you will laugh all the way through both of these movies. Thor Ragnarok, you're laughing because the movie has a lot of great jokes in it. Mm-hmm. This movie, you're laughing at the movie or how weird the movie is. And right. How strange these moments are. You're still going to enjoy yourself kind of the same amount, though. You know? <laughs> yes. And Ultimately, probably, yes. Yeah. And so there you go. I think that's great. And so I hope that the listeners have one other little Thanksgiving present here before we wrap up, but I just want to say one thing. So we've just spent, you know, a good bit on blood rage, a Thanksgiving horror film. And I just want to say if, if you did end up in spending the time with us, I don't know how it goes at your house usually, but usually for us, dinner is about an hour and we spend about an hour at least talking about blood rage. And, and so I feel good about that. So even if you, you're eating like lunch meat from the Wawa or, or frozen pizza, and you're listening to this, I hope you feel like you've had a, a, a good meal with us. So, nice. last thing. We, yeah, once again, I knew it wasn't going to be what we were talking. We were saying, ah, oh, quick 30, 40-minute podcast, knock this one out. I knew it wasn't going to be that. It's never that. <laughs> no. But, well, uh, but for us, but... this is still pretty pretty brief. It is. It well, is. This holiday season... Prepare to have the stuffing scared out of you. Thanksgiving. What an uninvited guest has arrived. And this year, there will be no leftovers. 
on this Black Friday, I have a few items of business, if I could, before we wrap things up here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some great gifts to give away to our listeners, some films that uh, you know are kind of in the pantheon for us. I have a Blu-ray of Friday the 13th to give away, a DVD of Monster House to give away, a Blu-ray of It Follows to give away. And we have some amazing stickers from friend of the shows, friend of the network. I think he's an HMP listener. He was on our Horror Cinema Awards panel last year. I know he's a Universal Monsters cast listener, Ghoulish Gary, who is a pretty famous horror artist, does a lot of work for Mondo. He gave us He was in he was in twenty four by was it twenty four by thirty six? Wasn't that one correct. of the ones featured in that? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, via Juan, Juan went down to MondoCon in Austin and talked to Gary, and Gary gave him a bunch of stickers to give away and a couple of pins to give away to listeners of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So we will give all of this stuff away on our Christmas episode. But what I'd like people to do, if you want to be in contention to win these, you either need to retweet or regram this episode's post, official post from Horror Movie Podcast on uh, Twitter or on Instagram. And we will go through and draw from the people who retweet or regram these episode posts uh, for those prizes on the Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. Was that clear? Love Sorry, it. I felt like I lost my train of thought. No, you did a good no, job. I, I understood. I got what you said. Yeah. I'm with okay. you. And then also, you know, we had a bit of a debacle with our initial t-shirt pressing. It was not anyone's fault, but it just was very difficult to do. It was my fault. And, <laughs> and Jay took that on, on himself. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was a difficult thing to do. We had never done that before. We, With a little bit more experience under our belts, we decided, let's just leave this up to our listeners <laughs> instead. So <laughs> we've, we've had two listeners who have really come through for us recently, many, but these two armored foe, and Peter Strain are two artists who have just gone out of their way and did. They said, you know what? We'll make your horror movie podcast t-shirts ourselves. And right. so that's, that's what's been done for. We have a lot of listeners who want HMP shirts. Our listeners, you know, heard your call and they're doing it themselves. So you can find their shirts on Teespring. Their armored foe shirt is the heavy metal logo design that we've talked about before in the past. You can find that at teespring.com slash HMP metal. And Peter's is a brand new design with a cool microphone and all kinds of Easter egg horror things in there. You'll see it. You're going to love it. Peter's t-shirt is available at teespring.com slash HMP icon. And yeah, check those out. Those guys do awesome work and we want to um, help them get the word out. So thank you to those guys for kind of taking that on yourselves to make some great content for our community. Absolutely. Thank you. And while we're being thankful here on our Thanksgiving episode, I just have one little uh, listener feedback email I'd like to read to you guys, and um, and then we'll wrap it up for the night. All right. So this email comes from Gorer. Gorer. I like that name. Gorer says, hey, Jay, I was listening to episode 14 of Horror Movie Podcast. Side note. I think that's the one that's eight hours long, so sorry about that. Wow. In, in which you reviewed the Hills Have Eyes remakes and Jan Gell 1 and 2. Oh, boy. Side note, sorry about those two as well. And you, you said you would put your Kung Fu movie that you made in your 20s in the show notes. And um, I wasn't sure 
I, I wasn't sure if it was in the show notes or if it's available on YouTube. So could you put it in the show notes for the upcoming episode? And uh, so, yeah, I'm very sorry that I failed to do that. I, I remember because that episode was like eight hours long, I remember posting that I was in zombie land when we finally got that released. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, what I did, I, I made this terrible terrible film once it's nothing like the way josh josh makes real films he's a real filmmaker my friend and i were trying to do this thing because we were watching jackie chan one night and we were talking about how he does all his own stunts and i'm like whatever i'm a martial artist i could do my own stunts right and i actually (laughs) oh boy have you guys ever heard this story I'll just I'll just tell it. I remember this. You almost died on a parking garage. Yeah. Is that the correct story? Uh, yeah, I'll tell it real quick. So um no, oh, okay. This, this is fast. But anyways, we made this film. In in incidentally, it does have kind of a, a little horror slant to it. It's it has a twist and it ends up being kind of a, a horror thriller. But anyways, in this film, we're we're looking for my cousin who's missing, and we're up on the sixth floor of this parking garage. In real life, it is the sixth floor. And um, we were going to have this fight scene, and I was going to show off my martial arts skills, <laughs> which are not impressive. So I just want to tell people that right up front. <laughs> <clears throat> You're kidding. <laughs> well, you could knock me over with a feather. Hey, what, oh, is, what is this? Okay, next time you, next time you come out, we're going to fight. No, I'm just kidding. Doc would, <laughs> he would pound me. Anyways. Uh, well, if I could catch it. <laughs> we were, so we were, in a, we were in this fight sequence. And what what the uh, choreo- choreography was, I was going to have my friend kick me and I was going to fly over the side and hang on to the side of the garage. And um, my my friend who, and by the way, I was 28 years old, so old enough to know better. <laughs> Most of you are thinking you're like 13. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, I, 28 years old. I was, like, I was like 28. I was in my mid, mid maybe 25, but it was definitely old what enough. Was this four years ago? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm 41 now. But anyways, I I was going to do this thing where he kicked me over the side and he didn't know about this, right? And he's like, "No, I'm not I'm not doing it." And and I'm like, "No, I can hand. I'll just hang on to the side." And and cuz I just saw myself like flipping over and just hanging on. It's like, "How hard can it be?" And and he he refused. He said, "I'm not participating in your movie if you do that." So, we went to another wall where I like flip over the side. And there's actually a ground. The ground is on the other side. Well, when I did this move, I actually didn't hang on. And I fell and landed on the ground. And so I would have actually died if I had done that and my friend didn't save my life. So we still needed (laughs) to film me hanging from the sixth story of this parking garage somehow. And so we went back another day without my friend friend who was smarter than me <laughs> and and um you could hang from this region of the the sixth story where you could see the number six in the background but it's only one floor up you know so i know that's hard to explain better but just trust me on it it was only one floor so i'm hanging off there and dangling my legs and everything and then it was time to pull myself back up and i couldn't do it and and i i thought i was going to die and and in my mind, for whatever reason, something happened where I felt like I was going to fall. And even though it's only like one story and it would, may have broken my ankle and it yeah, probably, still, that's, you know, it, it would have hurt for sure. 
But anyway, yeah. and, and so, but I was scared to death. It was as if I was, if I was hanging from the sixth story. And anyway, my friend came over and tried to drag me up and I like scraped my face and broke my glasses. I was the biggest loser. But anyway, this whole, oh, this fiasco. And you were 28. It gets better. There's a, there's a little bit more. And that then, was Jay's awkward stage. Yeah. yeah and I've never left it. It, it. it gets even worse. On this day that I was hanging off the sixth floor, somebody saw me in a neighboring building and called the police and the fire department. So all these sirens are coming as we get up there and we hear oh, them. And, and I know I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh. People thought I was like jumping or something. And, and so we very, you know, casually and slowly drive down out of the parking garage and we pass all these cop cars who are flying up there. So anyways, this video is just a segment where we have this awful dialogue and awful performances awful martial arts fight scene but you will be able to see me pull off this stunt i'll link it in the show notes here for you gotta show it now <laughs> i am i am i'll put it in episode 134 and uh gore i'm sorry about that i'll go back to episode 14 and put it in there as well but it's terrible i just want to warn everybody and there's a good there's a continuity error in it as well among other things <laughs> so <laughs> among everything else you put a continuity error in there you <laughs> I know. I know. Jay says you pulled off the stunt. What you actually mean is editing around, not pulling off the stunt. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So, I mean, I, I, from that experience, I have a a tremendous appreciation for Jackie Chan and what he does. And (laughs) I should say so. He's the man. I mean, I would have died. It's so ridiculous. But, anyways, happy Thanksgiving. Um, I hope you enjoy that video. And then the last thing that Gorer says is, also, I hope you could review a movie on the next Frankensteinian episode. So, guys, we got a request here, and I think we should do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they, um, Gorer wants us to watch Gozu, G-O-Z-U, from 2003. It's hmm. J-horror and truly bizarre. So, okay. thank you, Gorer. Um, we'll, we'll get to that. So, we yeah. appreciate it. Cool. All right. And he's, so, our young, he's our young fan, right? He's the... Um, yeah, he was 13 when he started yeah, listening. Yeah. Awesome. So I don't know how old he is now, maybe 14, but Right, but he's the one who's sort of catching up with all the classics and everything. Right. And and very intelligent. I hope yes, uh, there, absolutely. We, we've had a couple interactions on the comment section where you know, thinking I'm talking to a 13-year-old, I'm kind of trying to explain to him how movies work a little bit and he this guy will not be talked down to. He knows his stuff. So Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah. so it's not necessary for me to say, Gore, don't try that uh, parking garage stunt from home, right? Well, so that's. No, <laughs> I know we should warn so. everyone that I think <laughs> don't do what if, Jay does. Exactly. Yes. If, if you're an impressionable young man of 28, <laughs> do not run out and <laughs> hang from a from the side of a garage. Oh my goodness, you're killing me. Okay. Well, just for fun, when we when we hang out from Skype, I'm going to make sure you guys get to see this video right away. But anyways, <laughs> that just about wraps up episode 134 of Horror Movie Podcast, our Thanksgiving episodes. So, happy Thanksgiving. We thank you for listening and joining us. We are thankful for our listeners. Truly, we are. Um, I just want, in terms of plugs, I just want to make sure people check out uh, Movie Podcast Weekly where we are fighting quite a bit over 6.5 ratings and uh, Thor and all kind of stuff. And also coming up on, speaking of fights, 
on Movie Podcast Network, we've got a special features episode coming up in December where we're going to be fighting quite a bit about James Cameron's Avatar. I think I'm like one of the only people who's going to be defending that. And we're going to release it on the eight-year anniversary release of Avatar, which was December 18th. So what about you, Dr. Shock? What do you got for us? I'm over at uh, DVDinfatuation.com. I'm uh, closing in on the end now. I think I have, uh, I think it's either 35 or 36 more movies to go uh, before hitting 2,500. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to big. I can't wait. I <laughs> can't wait at this point. Um, come on over to uh, Twitter at DVDinfatuation. I do have an Instagram and a Facebook page as well. Uh, and I'm also on other podcasts, the Universal Monsters cast, the Land of the Creeps podcast, and the We We Deal in Lead Western podcast. Okay, Wolfman Josh, and what about you? Where can the listeners find more of your work on the internet? Well, find me at UniversalMonstersCast.com and MovieStreamCast.com. I also want to plug two other or three other uh, special features episodes for our patrons. We did a really fun kind of alternative Christmas or holiday movie episode that was me and with Joel and Peter from Retro Movie Geek as well as Matroid from the Sci-Fi Podcast and I guess it could have been any holiday movie but I focused mostly on Christmas we had some Thanksgiving and New Year's movies in the mix as well and they were just kind of um, some were obscure some were kind of non-traditional some were you know, just straight up regular Christmas movies, but we had a lot of fun. It was a fun discussion and that will be up early December for people to hear. We, I'm also posting this week, the week of Thanksgiving, uh, an old movie podcast, weekly commentary for train planes, trains and automobiles, which (laughs) I did with you Mm -hmm. and Carl, right. And Andy, I believe that's correct. Yeah. And it's like Carl's like, it's one of his all time favorite films. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And then also, just to remind people, the Stranger Things episode that went up, if you've been watching Stranger Things or just caught up on it, that was a really fun conversation that I'm proud of if you want to give that a listen as well. So just, you know, support what we do here at the network. All of our podcasts are free and are going to remain free, but we, you know, do have costs and we would appreciate your support. You know, if you're going to rent a a bad movie like Blood Rage for (laughs) $4.99, might as well. That's true. Might as well give that money to our podcast who's giving you hundreds of hours of free entertainment. <laughs> um, two fifty a month and you get access to our special features episodes. There's a minimum of one per month, and then we give a lot of bonuses as well along the way. You can just support us for one month and try it out and get access to everything that's up so far if you'd like. So mm-hmm. help us out and we'd appreciate it. Absolutely. And yeah, there will be more horror themed episodes as well. Um coming to there like you know, some of them, some of them so far have been strictly horror, but we'll have more to come Stranger as well. Your things is horror, Jason. I, I'm just saying. I'm. I'm <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I, I still. I still really. I uh, feel good about. I'm proud of that one we did about the anatomy of a of a kill. Like that. That, awesome. that one's one of my favorites. But anyway, we've, we've done a lot of fun episodes. I think on there. So. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right, listeners. Well, we love your comments, so we hope you'll uh, continue to be involved in the Horror Movie Podcast community. 
You can leave a comment in the show notes for episode 134 here or email us at horrormoviepodcast at gmail.com. We also have a voicemail line, which is 801-382-8789. You can find all 134 of our episodes at horrormoviepodcast.com. And we have some back archives of the weekly horror movie podcast. I believe it's 26 episodes there. And then Horror Metropolis, 10 episodes. You can subscribe free in iTunes, and we'd love it if you leave us a review if you haven't already. And we're also on Twitter at Horror Movie Cast, as well as Instagram. I want to thank Fred Ingram for the use of his music for our theme song. You can find more of Fred's music at frederickingram.com. We also want to thank Kagan Breitenbach for his classical rendition and orchestration of Fred's original theme. You can find Kagan and Quartet Macabre at kaganbreitenbach.com. Those will be linked in the show notes. And I think that's it for episode 134, so we thank you for listening and join us again Friday after next for Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. (laughs) Day of the Dead. Wolfman Josh and Dr. Shaka Dave Becker out of Philadelphia, PA. This is Greg the Gray Man out of the Toledo, Ohio area. Now, as Thanksgiving approaches, I love to tell the story about, well, it's one of Jay's fireside tales. Now, I'm going to make it condensed because of the time restraint, but growing up, I lived on a uh, 10-acre piece of property, and seven acres of it was woods, and some of the area neighbors, they grew their own livestock, you know, so everybody had nice large parcels of land, and one of the neighbors was growing wild turkeys. Now, he didn't really harvest them, he just kind of gathered them from babies, and you understand, grew them, so that he could have these wild turkeys for his Thanksgiving dinner. And, of course, they would roam freely throughout the neighborhood. Well, not really neighborhood, but out in the country. You just find these wild turkeys. Well, one day as I'm goofing around in the woods, I hear a turkey in the distance. And, of course, I'm quite the jokester. I start making a little gobbling noise myself and continue to play. But as I continued just, you know, I don't know, chopping wood or whatever, I could see in the distance. And as I stood there... Just to watch it, it was basically stalking me. And, I mean, not that I was scared, but it's one of those things where you start to get more and more creeped out because the longer I stood there, the more this thing was just, you know, gobbling, thinking that either I was a fellow male and competing for the female or what. I, I, to this day, have no idea, but it's just one of those Thanksgiving stories, and I know that I rambled on a little too much, but, you know, whenever I hear a turkey call or I see a wild turkey, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, I'm remembering that story. And, you know, hope you guys have a very happy Thanksgiving and, you know, spread the love and the joy within the community. And I hope that you guys all have a wonderful dinner with your families, either it be turkey, ham, chicken, whatever you choose. Gorge yourself. It's Thanksgiving and we all need to be thankful. And I'm thankful for your guys' podcast and all the hard work you guys do. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. <laughs> No, I do. I do kind of want to see this. Oh, this is Jay's video. Okay. It's only a minute 18. All right. I'm going to play it right now. Here I go. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm mad. <laughs> hey, that's not too shabby, Jay. It's not terrible. No, Jackie it's not terrible Chan? so far. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. It's hilarious that he's 28. 
Yes, I know. That's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. Ooh, there he goes. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, not, not getting up. Oh, he's got a foothold right there. <laughs> there he goes. Nope, nope, nope. Up, up, almost. No. Somebody call the police. Yeah, exactly. Right. Call the there's fire a, department. There's a 28-year-old guy hanging off the side. Oh, this is kind of sad, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting worse. I have to be honest. I was expecting worse. I didn't think yeah. that was that bad. No, Jay's got Jay had some karate skills for sure. I, I like what he put here. I like the name of it. Dumb stunt man six stories up. <laughs> I think I think the funniest part was he called himself a stunt man. <laughs> Jay, if you're listening, I was expecting worse. I didn't think that was all that bad. I am a turkey. Kill me. What a thoughtful gift. Why you are as civilized as we, except we wear shoes and have last names. Welcome to our table, our new primitive friends. Thank you, Sir Miller. You're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Your hair is the color of the sun. Your skin is like fresh milk, and everyone loves you. Stop! Sit. Wait. What? We cannot break bread with you. Huh? You have taken the land which is rightfully ours. Years from now, my people will be forced to live in mobile homes, on reservations. Your people will wear cardigans and drink highballs. We will sell our bracelets by the roadsides. You will play golf and enjoy hot hors d'oeuvres. My people will have pain and degradation. Your people will have stick shifts. The gods of my tribe have spoken. They have said, do not trust the pilgrims, especially Sarah Miller. Gary, she's changing the words. And for all these reasons, I've decided to scalp you and burn your village to the ground. <laughs> 